Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome, foolish mortals. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling. That's worked out. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled at Walt Disney Productions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dis Life Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Dis Life Podcast. Join us here weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Quick reminder, head over to chipandco.com for the latest headlines from across all the Disney parks worldwide and give our show a rating or review over on Apple, Spotify, or even Podchaser. On today's show, we are playing Armchair Imagineer and bringing Tangled back to the Magic Kingdom. We're making a wish list of what we want to see from Destination D23 and we're adding a lot more than a bathroom to the Magic Kingdom when it comes to Rapunzel. We are talking Disney first takes and we play Disney's College of Knowledge. But before we get into any of those things, let's welcome back to the Tiki Room studio one more time. We just found out, Brian Lee, you are my all-time podcast partner. And we did the math. It's crazy. It's you. (laughs) You had me at hello. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, you you said one more time, like it's my last time. I hope that's not what that meant. No, 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 I, definitely not. We yeah, we've we we did the math, man. We're we're hitting triple digits now. I feel like this is a romantic comedy in the making. Like this is definitely a rom com partnership. It's like I've been through all of these different these different relationships, and at the end, it's like it was always you. It was you all along, Brian Lee. <laughs> I feel like we. Uh, I'm a big fan of communism, rom communism. Rom communism. Yeah. So we did the math, and we figured out between my appearances on United We Fan, your appearances on Dis Life, uh, Babu's freaking podcast, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, we have done a lot of shows together. People were like, "Yeah, Brian's been on the show." I'm like. But it was always Brian. It's always been Brian Lee. <laughs> Good stuff, man. How you been? How's your week? It's been a busy, busy week. It's hot. We need to get the the temperatures to cool down, man. Marvel Studios is changing dates. The world of Disney is always ever changing in what I care about. But the thing I do care about is that Ahsoka is fantastic. Ahsoka has been fantastic. We have Destination D23, as you know, this weekend. Ship is flying down to attend uh, we are again invited to be a part of that as the media gaggle. So my weekend will be spent. I'm Ned when it comes to these events. I'm the guy in the chair, right? So I get to sit here and Chip will shoot me headlines and photos. And then we got to get it up on the website as quickly as possible. So you know what we checked out uh, as a family? I told you this last night. We watched across the Spider-Verse and Linda sat down too. Now, Linda didn't see Into the Spider-Verse. 
So she picked, <laughs> that would be yeah, that would be quite uh, the jump into the Spider Verse then. But she loved it. She was like, "This is really great for a cartoon." And I'm like, "Oh, Linda. Oh, 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 Linda. It's just really great. Period. Period. Yeah. So she enjoyed it. We really. Uh, Bella fought me on it. She didn't want to watch. And then I don't know, thirty, forty minutes. Then she took her position on the couch. She started watching in a position of protest on the carpet. And she was like, I want to go hang out with my friends. We're like, no, you will. Yeah, you're going to watch this. And then about 35 minutes and she came and sat on the couch and finished watching it on the couch with me. And she loved it. It's an amazing movie. We bought it. So Yeah, we purchased it. All right, man, let's get into uh, the first takes of the week. Brian doesn't know what any of these are. And I kind of like that. It's always surprising him with our headlines. But this is the stuff that I'm following this week. Uh, let's get right into it. I do have a sound clip somewhere, man. I just got to find it. And here we go. And now it's time for Diz Life First Takes. First Takes. These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes. We here at Diz Life Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and parks headlines. First Takes. So here's what's firing off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes. All right. These are the headlines that I think people are going to be talking about this week. And mostly it's just headlines that I'm going to be talking about all week. Uh, Let's start with our favorite, man. Let's get into Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Your favorite Halloween event, my favorite Halloween event. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights just kicked off over at Universal Orlando. Uh, So the spooky season is upon us for 2023. This is the 32nd installment of the event. Uh, and it brings us 10 amazing new houses, five immersive scare zones, epic entertainment, and some really scary good food and drink offerings. Uh, our writer, Chris Boyer, was over there. Dude, kudos to Chris. He did an amazing job covering the event. Uh, he got a chance to experience all 10 houses, all the scare zones. He tried pretty much all the food. As a part of the Chipping Company Media event, we were hosted by Universal Orlando um, so Brian, here's, here's the synopsis of his review. And I can't really speak truth to any of this cause I haven't done the event, but he said his favorite house was Yeti campground kills. That was really, that was the house of the night. Surprising, right? Cause we've got stranger things. We've got a Chucky house. There is uh, the last of us. There's some blockbuster houses. He went with Yeti campground and not the only person that I saw that said the Yeti was amazing, that that house was great. I tried about everything on the menu. He said his favorite meal was the left behind ravioli. It was uh, served in a last of us ration can. And he said, hands down the best dessert of the night was Yuri's favorite, which is a chocolate cake with peanut butter mousse and Reese's pieces. So that was Chris's official review. Um, Did you guys determine, are you doing HHN 32? Are you going to get there? We're not going to make it back down this year. So, I, uh, I was, man, the FOMO was real watching Chris post everything this past weekend. And I, I, I guess the Yeti campground one, I guess that's a continuation or a spinoff of the Yeti one they had last year or the year before where they had it over by rip red rocket. I wonder, it must be, I'm sure it's the same Yeti. So, um, that's, that's really cool, but yeah, no, the FOMO's real. I'm not going to make it this year and I'm super, super bummed about it. Yeah. Between Chris and the various vloggers, I felt like I was there. Um, I did. I also had FOMO. Linda and I talked about going down, but then the price tag was just so much, man. Between the flight and the hotels, I think it wound up being 1500 
the tickets to the event weren't crazy. I think it was like $80 each, but we kind of waited out. And it was like, that's an expensive weekend, <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, well, especially if you're only going to go the one night, like Express is worth it. But at the same time, like it's another 150 bucks. So the cool thing about when you're a part of that media gaggle, Chris actually got that RIP tour. So he skipped every line. That's how he got into every single house because not every one of these vloggers did the entire event. You know, the lines, especially on opening night, are pretty hefty. And so we were really lucky and blessed. Universal hosted us and some of the other, you know, major media outlets. And so he got to do it all in one night. And I mean, his United we fan this week, Mark Adams was there on opening night as well. And uh, I think he got about half of it done. Yep. And I'm well, Mark goes, he gets the, the pass. He gets the season pass as does our good friend, piano Rob. Those guys are heavy hitters when it comes to the event, but man, Chris killed it. I mean, you know, just to give you an idea of how great a job he did in the coverage that he had on Instagram, there were people that were like, I haven't been to HHN and because of Chip and Co's coverage, like I'm excited. Like he can he definitely converted people that night with, with just the coverage that he provided. So again, man, uh, we have a great team here. And if you are not following Chip and Co on Instagram, why? I mean, you can get an inside track to all these events you know, we're always bringing you up to the minute stuff with our stories and the, the posts. So, you know, if you want to feel like you're there and live vicariously, follow, follow on Instagram. So good stuff, man. All right. Uh, in a feel good story of the day, uh, I don't know if people are going to really be talking about this, but I just love to see stuff like this. So the Walt Disney Company is donating $100,000 to Hurricane Adalia relief efforts. Uh, they posted on both their Instagram and Facebook yesterday. Uh, that the company is going to be donating 100000 to aid uh, with the relief efforts over on the shore. Uh, and they said, our hearts are with the communities that are beginning to rebuild in the aftermath of Hurricane Adalia. To help support these relief and recovery efforts, Walt Disney World is donating 100000 to Second Harvest of the Big Bend. Uh, they continue to be inspired by the way so many people across Florida are showing up for each other and are sending their love and support to all those impacted. I love it when corporations put their money where their mouth is uh, in a time period where there are some celebrities who are getting maligned that there is billionaires that are asking normal people to donate their money. You know, Disney world's not doing that. They are putting their money down first to help with these efforts. And I love to see Disney give back. Disney gives back all the time, whether it's with wish kids or hurricane relief or the local economy. Disney is such a big part of Florida. They are such a big part of that state and it's why so many people love them. I mean, for a big business, they really do a lot of great philanthropic stuff, man. So, I mean, I, what else do we say about this, right? Nope. Good for them. Yep. yep. They, they they step up every time they need to in those situations because they definitely have cast members impacted as well, and they're gonna they're gonna do right by their people. Yep. Disney does the right thing, and um, they do it time and time again. So, you know, claps to them. And uh, they're, they're making the world a better place. And again, I love seeing this kind of stuff, especially with a, co- a corporation that gets maligned and people say it's an evil, faceless corporation. No, no, no. They're, they, do, they do good stuff. All right, man. Last, this one really piques my interest because I'm a Disney runner. So as a Disney runner, this one really, you know, kind of my antenna went up. So the Run Disney people are updating the costume policy for all Disney World races. 
there are a few extra restrictions. I was going to say, like, how do I say this? There's a few extra restrictions that have been added, and all this stuff is for gas safety, all right? So first, layered costumes that could conceal prohibited items are now prohibited. I was a little surprised at that because I was like, wait, shouldn't that have always been a thing? But I guess when you look at the safety, some of these costumes and the pouches and whatnot could have technically have circumvented some, some safety things. Now, you do have to pass through metal detectors, for all of these events, uh, you know, and it's, you can't just get into the race pens without first going through security. Uh, Disney already does a really good security, uh, thorough security check. Uh, secondly though, costume props without limitation. Uh, those that surround the entire body are inflatable or physically connect multiple participants to each other are no longer permitted. Now I know that a lot of you are thinking like that stuff sounds wholly ridiculous, Yes, but unless you've been at one of these races and or seen, people come up with some pretty weird and elaborate costume designs. And I've seen a lot of people tethered together, Brian. Like, it's the stuff of Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking insane to me that, like, people run like they're at freaking Comic-Con. They, it's it's insane. And, do. I mean, I guess that means we don't get any more running like dinosaurs, inflatable costumes and stuff like that. Yeah. There are there in years past, there's always, I want to say 10 to 15 costumes that as I stand at the finish line and root for the finishers, after I've run my race, there are usually a good 10 to 15. Humble brag to say you didn't take last. Yeah. Oh no, no. Listen, that's, that's not even a humble brag. Like I am. Yeah. I do a decent job. Like I run the 5k. I run it. Uh, the 10 K I ran it and I was very proud with my time. I was not a back of the packer either time, but, uh, I've stared at like 10 to 15 costumes and go like, uh, what, like, how is that person running in that? So, yeah. So again, stuff that surrounds the entire body inflatables or physically connects people not permitted. And then last foam swords and or plastic lightsabers may be permitted, but you can't have something that's over 36 inches in length. So beyond 36 inches is too much, too long. So you can still be a Jedi, but you're not allowed to run with the double saver. Like, you know, no Darth Maul entering into the race. Well, you could end up like Qui-Gon Jinn at that moment in time. So I suppose, yeah, it's all for safety. Please tell me that you've seen the deep fake version of him watching Sabine Wren get stabbed in the stomach. Go, oh, oh, Spoiler that's alert. too bad. That's just too bad. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> there must have been a back to tank somewhere on the ship. Yeah, there's a there's a whole clip of like five different people getting stabbed in the stomach and everybody being OK, except for him. <laughs> except for him. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so the next race, by the way, is the wine and dine half marathon weekend. And that's November 2nd through the 5th. Uh, I have entrance into the 5k. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I might have to forego my run, uh, because I'm coming there three days later for chip and company where I have to help chip. We're going to cover Jollywood nights, Christmas and the Swan and Dolphin food festival. So I don't know how I can stay there for a week and a half. <laughs> so I might have to be, I might not run. All right, man, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to run for a minute and uh, don't go anywhere, though. We're going to be right back with Mark's main attraction, where we are going to imagine you're some pretty amazing things for our girl Rapunzel. See you in a second. Check out this word from our sponsor. Hey, guys, Diz Life Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. 
let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Welcome back to Dis Life Podcast and Mark's main attraction. In today's main attraction, we are talking all about Tangled. For those who don't know, Tangled was an amazing 2010 animated musical produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. It is a modern classic retelling of the fairy tale Rapunzel, and it follows the adventures of a spirited young princess and her beau, who spend her, she spends her entire life in a tower isolated from the outside world due to her magical hair. Now, the film went on to gross over $590 million at the box office worldwide, making it one of Disney's most successful animated films in that era. It contributed to a resurgence of Disney animated films, leading to a new era known as the Disney revival. And for all of this... Tangled gets represented by a bathroom in the Magic Kingdom. (laughs) So Brian and I are going to fix this today where we are going to Imagineer a Tangled into the Magic Kingdom and give this intellectual property the appropriate representation that it deserves. Brian, it's been a while since we've armchaired Imagineered and the rules were this. You just have to fit Tangled in somewhere. Uh, I didn't even set a rule. You can take something else away. You can do it as an overlay. But we just have to fit in Tangled. And I said, I have a bomb idea. We have not compared notes. I don't know what Brian's idea is. Brian doesn't know what my idea is. I've just told him a geographic space that I'm going to make use of. And that is it. So we have to fit in Tangled. Uh, how do we start this, man? Um, it's been a while since I've armchaired Imagineered. How do you want to talk? You want to talk first? I talk first? You talk first? Um, so I, I think you should talk first after I say this. I think, I think we all know that the Tangled bathrooms are, I mean, they fit into Fantasyland, I suppose, over by, the, over by Haunted Mansion. I just don't think that there's enough space in that area to do it. So I, I want to take a book out of, and people are going to hate me for this because leave world showcase the way world showcase is. No, I want to take the approach of what they did over at California adventure, making it more IP driven. I want to take over Germany okay, in the world showcase with what I'm doing with Rapunzel, which doesn't help me dream as big as you're going to dream with your location. All right. So I'm going to dream very big. Yep. 
And I'm going to fit mine into the Magic Kingdom. So I kind of like the fact that we're going to go two different directions. All right, so let me start with something that I have now said multiple times on this podcast. And I don't even want to take credit for this because I think there's a lot of fans and there's a lot of podcasters and there's a lot of content creators who've kind of come up with this idea. So I want to lead with this and it's kind of a duh idea, but it's a really good idea. And that's why I think that this is just so brilliant. First thing is first, before I even talk about an attraction or anything else, the bathrooms are right there. And underneath that underpass, you come over to where there is the Columbia Harbor house, right? It's a quick service location. Some would say it's a hidden gem. It does not quite get the same amount of traffic unless the parks are very busy that some of the other quick service locations get. Now, I think that Disney could do really well. And, you know, it's a two birds with one stone kind of concept that I think that area and that restaurant is just ripe for a takeover. Now, geographically, it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense because it's right next to the, the tangled bathrooms. So it fits the theming of the area. Of course, you've got the Haunted Mansion that's kind of like right there too, which just close your eyes or just like look in one direction. Don't look at the Haunted Mansion. Just look at Columbia Harbor House and then turn to your left. But I think we need, and Disney, I really think you need to do this just because I think you would take a humdrum location and turn it into a place that everyone has to go. Columbia Harbor House must, must become the Snuggly Duckling. There's got to be a takeover right there. The aesthetic of the restaurant is almost halfway there too. Like you've got the, the whole aesthetic of the place. Really, you can just add a few other elements to it, but it's already in the same genre of like that colonial old timey, lots of woods, lots of exposed beams. It's almost there already. So Columbia Harbor house must become the snuggly duckling, but you have two floors that you can transform into a quick service restaurant. Keep it a quick service, but I think the quick service should also add some craft brews. And yeah, I think, yep, that's what would make this revolutionary. You would have the first place that is not a table service that serves alcohol at the Magic Kingdom. Whoa, controversy, I know. You've got something similar in the Baseline Tap House, and I think that you could expand this place to do just that. Now, don't make it like Baseline Tap House. I don't want you to serve appetizers and charcuterie and a pretzel. I want you to have a full menu, but I just want you to have craft brews. It's, if it's the Snuggly Duckling, we have to have beer. We have to have some drinks that have to be there. Plus, I want an animatronic that sings I Have a Dream. <laughs> I, want a, I want an animatronic on an old-timey piano, a la Sunny Eclipse, and I want the restaurant to randomly break out into I have a dream every like 15, maybe 20 minutes. Update the menu, extend the area so that it looks like where the Rapunzel bathroom is, is blending into this. And then I think we should just continue to theme. I'll talk about my continuation of this theme later on, but this is the start for me. You need to have the snuggly duckling and it would go from being somewhat attended during the hot crowded days to being everyone in the world will want to go there. Everyone in the world will want to eat at the Snuggly Duckling. It will become the busiest location in all the Magic Kingdom. There's my first I one. also, yeah, no, I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So my question is, who is the animatronic singing? Is it Rapunzel or is it 
Brad Garrett or is it the creepy old Cupid man? Uh, no, I want it to be, I want it to be the piano player with the, doesn't he have the hook? Well, that guy, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be the, I want it to be the, the actual, okay. The actual person from the movie. As much as possible. Now, I mean, listen, if they want to collect ceramic unicorns, (laughs) if they want to add Flynn and you want to have Flynn and Rapunzel walk around and sing, would that be amazing? Yeah. But do I think that Disney would uh, have a cast member that would just be there for a quick service? Probably like unlikely, unlikely. I don't think they would give, you know, have two face characters that would walk around a quick service location. Um, Which is why I have, I've, I've taken over beer garden and turned that into the snuggly ducking. And it is, and it is a, a table service restaurant. It becomes a character dinner. Slow clap on that if if you couldn't see my face because it's radio the minute that you said that i was in man i i was in just simple ecstasy with that idea oh, i i would like it to be a table service restaurant so it can be a character meet and greet we with you have rapunzel you have flynn and and you could find two other people like the villain people and like mother gothel would kill pun intended people would love to meet mother gothel there's a like in a weird way there's a stage in that hall as well. Yeah. So you can have a staged version of basically like tangled light. You could take, you could take what they did with donkeys meet and greet at universal by having just the stable with just his head poking out. You could do something like that with Maximus. Like there's a bunch of different things that you could do. And I think to justify the money is it becomes a table service location. I don't disagree with that either. And I think the beer garden at certain times a year is very, is packed and it's full. Everybody wants to go there during October and September and the autumn months, you know, as October fest rolls around that restaurant gets a lot of love, but let's face it. Beer garden is not, you know, it's, it's not, not a 12 month a year thing. It's yeah. not a 12 month. Year. Th- that would make a whole heck of a lot of economic sense for Disney. Again, whether it's Columbia Harbor house or beer garden, these moves would make a lot of sense for Disney to put IP there because it would take the, uh, uh, like a rather again, humdrum location, something that's so- somewhat pedestrian and it would go from being pedestrian to being spectacular. So I love that idea, man. In the destination. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. All right, uh, ten out of ten. No one wins that round. That's a push. <laughs> That's really good. I did not think of. Uh, I didn't think of that, and I would love that idea. Hey, if you want to play along at home too, don't forget hit us up at Dislife Podcast on Instagram. Let us know your ideas. If you want to bring uh, Rapunzel to the parks and you have a great idea, share it with us, and we'd love to talk about it maybe next week. All right, man. So I'm going to continue. I've already told you the location. I gave you my geographic location for this. Um, here's my idea. I want to transform Tom Sawyer Island into a full-blown walkthrough experience of Tangled the movie. So much of the film is Flynn Rider and Rapunzel running around the forest, walking around, and I think you can turn a lot of those interactive elements that are evident and are a part of Tom Sawyer Island. I think you can find various locations to just turn them into the movie. Like the underground caverns can be the sequence where they get locked in the the well and the water overwhelms them and they're kind of like trapped. You can turn that into like that part of the film. You can turn the fort into, what is it? The kingdom of Corona, 
tragic name. I think we might have to play with that a little bit, but you could turn the four into a walk around of the scene where she's dancing and she's braiding her hair. You can turn that into sort of a quasi castle like experience. If you don't like that idea, you know, you can turn that area into uh, almost like a virtual, you know, playground where you can walk around and, and interact with nature. But the story of Tangled can play out in something that is relatively cheap. Disney loves walkthrough attractions. So in terms of financial commitment, you don't need a ride vehicle. You don't have to put a ton of investment. You're putting interactive elements or story elements already built into nature. The concept that is already established and tangled is there. It takes an intellectual property in Tom Sawyer that's a little dated. And let's face it, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn don't get a lot of play in today's modern day. The, you know, I don't want to get into the controversies of the novel itself, but you know, it's, it's banned in a lot of places because of the, the subject material. So you can take a piece of, uh, IP that really is not connecting with fans and put in one of Disney's most beloved intellectual properties on that Island. Now I have a nighttime component that I don't want to go into yet. I've saved, but that would be the daytime element of let's take Tom Sawyer Island and make it a walkthrough Tangled Interactive, live the story of Tangled on the island. I'm not dreaming as big with Tangled as I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming big because I, I, I want to tear down. I want to tear down Big Thunder Mountain, put it out on the island like a Disneyland Paris, and then build like a whole New Orleans thing over on that side of the park. So if I'm if I'm using Tom Sawyer Island, that's what I'm using it for. Obviously not an option. Um, I'm not dreaming quite as big as you are from a standpoint. I'm just trying to make it. I think the restaurant would be as much of a destination. The characters would be as much of a destination as anything. I want to build Maximus's Royal army carousel and just all the different horses from Max's Maximus's army at the end of the movie. And it's just a, it's just a carousel ultimately. And then I want something kind of like frozen ever after I want a boat ride of some sort, but it's more intimate, smaller boats that fit two to six people kind of deal. And it's just a a nice, nice, lazy, lazy boat ride. Like it's a small world or something like that, that takes you through the film. Um, and I mean, ultimately ends with the, the lantern scene at the end. I have to assume the lantern scene is what's, is what is so integral to your nighttime component. Now, Brian, lest we forget too, there is, space in Germany for a legitimate boat ride. It has just, it's never been put in Disney. Disney accounted for an experience like that. They just never fit it into the the area itself. So, um, that's the things we're proposing would cost billions. No, by any and this is, this is, you know, going back to the, the Mark Stradamus thing that I kind of predicted what I think Disney could do well by is just small little micro changes that would add again, value to the parks. Disney doesn't need to roll out a big blockbuster idea in order to, to get support from people. I mean, there's a lot that Disney can do to engender good faith in, in from the community. And if you put in, you know, you put something tangled in, man, people are going to lose their minds. People love, Rapunzel love her. And that's where I'm at. People love, love Moana too. I feel mildly underwhelmed by what I've seen from the journey of water. People I know that have done it 
say it's really good, it it doesn't seem to move the needle for me. So I wish they had done more with Moana. So what we're talking about here with Tangled is if you're going to do it, do it deeper, do it bigger, do, do it, it broader. Go big. Yeah. Go big or go home. All right. So to finalize or to cap off my whole transformation of Tom Sawyer Island, one of the biggest problems, um, and I don't understand why, because there there's multiple experiences that happen on the rivers of America over in Disneyland. You know, there's the canoe boats, right? The canoe boats are so fun. And they're so fun. I've never understood why at Disney World, they don't utilize a similar experience. It could have something to do with the wildlife, which would be my, which would be my guess is, you know, there is, there's a lot bigger instance of maybe alligators or crocodiles in that water versus over in California. You don't have to really worry about the flora and the fauna creating potential problems for guests. But assuming that you could get people in boats, what I would like at, at in the nighttime is that you don't have a conflict with any other vessels on that water. I think on the backside of that island, what you do is you put high enough uh, up so that it doesn't interfere with the ferry boat when the ferry boat is running during the day. You put glowing lanterns and you hang them in the sky and you illuminate a full-on lantern scene and sequence. Dozens and dozens. Dozens and dozens. And dozens. You fill the sky with that kind of lighting and you have very short boat rides that are, you know, uh, driven by either cast members, whatever, the, whatever the ride vehicle is, it doesn't have to be a literal canoe. You don't have to do something directly from the movie. You can even utilize those barges that they're using right now and retrofit those barges that they're using for Tom Sawyer Island. And they are free floating. They're able to be piloted by the cast members you know, you give them pilot lights so that they can drive those boats at night without grounding them. And you have them use those pilot lights to get those boats around the other side. And you have people ride through a lantern sequence on the backside of the island. So that if you're worried about during the, the nighttime, having people on Tom Sawyer Island because it's a liability and you don't want people walking around and potentially tripping you can then transform that area and have a nighttime Rapunzel experience so that during the day you live the movie and at night you live the movie from that, that lantern sequence. And again, I think you take something that people would just really not care about and who wouldn't love to go on a lantern ride on a boat at night cheap. And it's cheap. What are you doing? Nothing. You're really doing nothing other than hanging up some different lighting on the backside of the Island. I have, I have dreams of the Columbia Harbor house and that whole area becoming more, haunted mansion feel. And I know out in Disneyland, they're expanding their haunted mansion store and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Columbia Harbor house becoming more, but with the bathrooms there, what you're doing makes a ton of sense. I guess you're still boarding the, the, the boat where we do, where we board the boat. Now the river boat, mm -hmm. like, I guess you're not, yeah, you're not changing a lot. You're, you're spending even less money than me. I, I listen, what I'm proposing is not going to be a lot of money at all in order to get Rapunzel into this park. I mean, it, it, it could be done on a dime. And I Columbia think Harbor House is, is snugly duckling already. You're it, correct about that. It really is. I mean, you can just add a few other elements to it and that's it. Like, boom, it's already there. But yeah, I would make the entirety of Tom Sawyer Island Rapunzel land. If that makes sense. <laughs> but because Rapunzel's Rapunzel is very much, you know, it's, it's them in the forest and it's them running around having their best day ever. You can just, 
take elements from the movie and put it in the forest, put another tower in the forest. And again, you just add like these interactive elements over to the island and voila. But if you build the castle like right at the back of the island, like yeah. that'd be cool where the castle's kind of overlooking everything. Like that'd be fun too. Yeah, you could turn you it into the dimensions. You could use dimensions like they did with with Beast Castle and in, in Be Our Guest and stuff already. Like you could do some really cool stuff with it. Turn it into the kingdom of Corona, man. That's that's what I would say. So all right. Anything else? Do we like I love dude, I love your idea. I love it. I think, I think either one of them would work. I would like to see it. I would like to see it implemented. I love that movie. So that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, but you gotta be able to buy a fry, a souvenir frying pan. That's uh, wherever we go. I believe, I believe in that. Yes. I believe that yeah. you should have at the, at the very least, your dessert from the snuggly duckling should come in a souvenir frying pan at the, instead best. of face painting, you could get your hair braided. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I like it. I like it. All right. So let's finish up with this. I don't think we're going to hear anything tangled related from destination D 23. So what would be on your wish list for Saturday and Sunday in a perfect world? Brian Lee wants to turn on YouTube or he wants to flip on the vloggers and hear X. What are you looking for to come out of this mini expo this weekend do you expect disney to announce anything and if they do what is the announcement that you're really looking forward to i don't think we're gonna get anything anything new i think we're gonna get updates on stuff um and i think even that is only going to be very briefly on disney world i think a lot of it's going to be international um i also have imagineered the entire play pavilion becoming like Marvel themed, by the way, body wars has become the Ant-Man experience, stuff like that. So that's to armchair Imagineer another day. I don't think anything like that's going to be announced this week. I really, I, I think we're just going to get updates. I think we're going to find out. I think the biggest piece of information we're going to find out is what the plan is for the galactic star cruiser. I think that is like, whether it's a restaurant or whatever they're going to use it for, I think that's the biggest piece of information we get out of this place this weekend. I don't think we're going to get an update on animal kingdom or beyond big thunder mountain. It would be really nice to just see animal in dino land. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it would be uh, now my, my wish would be this man. Um, I do realize that we are in an in-between year um, given SAG after there, you know, there, there's not going to be any talent at this. It's a, di- it's a, it's a different year. Um, Disney has been going through a lot of financial changes. So I would be shocked and surprised if we got big news coming out of this weekend. I do think much of what we're going to get is them talking about Zootopia land. It's, I think it's going to be parks abroad. I think they're going to be talking about Zootopia. I think they're going to be talking about Avengers campus over in Paris. I do think they're going to be talking about frozen. And I think they're going to talk about tangled over in, in, uh, the Asiatic parks. I don't think that we're really going to get anything other than them championing the 50th, the transition of Epcot and really them talking about all of the changes that Walt Disney world has undergone in just these, these many years and the challenges that they've had to overcome. Do they announce the new nighttime spectacular at Epcot? Probably. I think, yeah, I think you, you probably will get word on the nighttime spectacular and I think you should. I mean, 
Yeah. You know, the, the placeholder that's there right now, Epcot forever is lackluster. Uh, we watched it again and it's not forever. It's not forever. And it, uh, thank God for that. Um, it's just not, there's great. been like work on like barges and stuff at Epcot too, mm-hmm. right? Like there's, there, there definitely is something in the works. Yeah. There, like, there, like, reason not to announce that yep they're working they're working on some new platforms for pyrotechnics and i think they're just going to be a little less scaled back than it was for um (laughs) harmonious i almost said enchantment for a minute but yeah i mean i think we're going to get that what i really would like to see is just an update on the plans beyond big thunder mountain so at d23 expo they did some blue sky imagineering and they said in a perfect world, like we're earmarking this area of the park as areas that we've determined for future expansion. And they pitched Moana, they pitched Zootopia over at animal kingdom. They picked, you know, uh, they said maybe villains, maybe Coco over behind big thunder mountain, maybe in Kanto. I hope that this year, what we get, and in a perfect world is we get a determination of what specifically will be coming to that area with a target date. So if they come back and say beyond big thunder mountain will be the villains land opening in 2026, I'm satiated and I'm satisfied. Like that would make me excited. I do think it is important. And I just, I would like your opinion on this. I do think it is important for Disney to not waste this stage and this opportunity to move forward. I know that they don't really look at what universal is doing. They don't look at some of the competition from other parks, but universal is adding an entire new gate and they're going to be generating a lot of buzz and a lot of talk. And universal is trying to capitalize on a, on a part of the market share. I think Disney really needs to snap back at that and say, we don't need another gate. You know, we have so much real estate, but we're going to add to the value of the tickets that we already have. And here's how we're going to do it. And I think guests will go insane. If they just say the two words, villains land, guests will go nuts, man. They don't have to announce what a ride is. They can just release the concept and say, beyond Big Thunder Mountain will be villains land. Guests will go crazy. And And that's the only thing that actually makes sense. Like Coco... Moana, none of that, like Zootopia, none of that would make sense to go there. No. Like every, like Villains Land would make a ton of sense to go there. You know what I think is actually super possible that goes there that I don't think would make a lot of people happy, but would be a massive gen- revenue generator? You talked about Universal building this third park. Do you know what they're putting in the middle of Epic Universe? They're uh, putting an in-park resort. They're putting a hotel inside the theme park. That's amazing. It would not shock me if Disney tried to do something like that. Like, do you want to stay in the Magic Kingdom? It wouldn't shock me. Well, you kind of want to, but it'd be kind of cool. But you kind of have that with the Galactic Star Cruiser. You That's really, fair. you really had that already. And just I mean, it was just a, five grand. Yeah, it was just a box truck ride away. But like that box truck only went a few hundred yards to get you in the backside of. Of yeah, and, and that's that's fair. But Epic Universe is building an in theme park hotel, which is interesting. I don't hate. We that don't know idea. a lot about Epic Universe, but I, Villains Land, Villains Land is the thing that would steal the headlines. That's my wish, man. That's what I would. want. Yep, that's what I want. 
But if they do Villains Land, I think that's what happens to Tom Sawyer Island. Like, I think you do include Tom Sawyer Island in there somehow. Let us know your thoughts. Talk back at us at Disney Podcast. Let us know, one, what do you want to see this weekend? And two, if you've got some ideas to bring Tangled and Rapunzel to the parks, again, we would love to hear your ideas. Brian, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're going to play Disney's College of Knowledge before we say goodbye for the day. Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment home, retirement, relocation. With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the world showcase for daily exercise, watching the fireworks in your own backyard, or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West, Dr. Phillips, Claremont, Lake Nona, or Disney's own Celebration and Golden Oak? Victor can introduce you to these communities which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375. And don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on Shipping Company Podcast Network. Head over to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com and start living your magical life today. Okay, Brian, it's time to wrap up the show with Disney's College of Knowledge. This is where we challenge our listeners to see what they know about the Walt Disney Company and its theme parks. To play, remember, message your answers to this week's trivia question to at Disney Podcast on Instagram. On our last podcast, man, we asked our listeners to name the singing trio from the Grand Fiesta Tour known collectively as the Three Caballeros. Congratulations to Jaden Roper. He knew it was Donald Duck, Jose, and Panchito. Uh, Jaden told us it was his wife's favorite ride, So he felt obligated and he was the first to correctly answer the question for the week. So good. Nice job. Well done. All right. This week's trivia question comes to us from Tangled. Brian, uh, name the actor and actress that voiced Flynn Rider and Rapunzel, respectively, in the 2010 animated film. I know Brian's like all over this. He's got it. He's got it on lock already. But Eugene Fitzherbert. Can you tell us the name of the actor and actress? Again, that voiced Flynn, Ryder, and Rapunzel. She's easy. Everyone knows who she is. But I know that you know Flynn Ryder as a fan of all things superhero-y. So, good stuff. Spoiler! (laughs) So, what do we have? What do you guys have on tap this week for United We Fan, the podcast? Trying to figure it out. Very, very busy week for me at uh, work this week. So, we're trying to figure out uh, what we can get done we hope not to do another archive one but all these lovely listeners at the chip and company podcast network there's a few episodes that we're pretty proud of in our past that we don't feel bad about re-releasing and, so that might be what happens and rightfully so man i will listen i enjoyed the football episode this week and i have to tell you i was nodding along in agreement uh, i'm a giant fan of the tv show version of uh, friday night lights more more so than the movie uh, clear eyes full hearts can't lose uh, that show gets me every time. Tim Riggins, I love him. Um, and we also got, uh, oh God, from Black Panther in the Michael fourth. Michael B. Jordan. Thank you, Michael B. Jordan in the fourth season, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. He took over, he took over a QB one. So uh, a big fan, but I happen to agree with you guys. I think you picked the right. Nobody would be the sharks from any given Sunday. Nobody. No, you don't want to be on the field with them. The only one I think that you could, uh, could match them in terms of terms of their nastiness is probably the water boy. <laughs> you drop a power bomb courtesy of captain insano. Insano. <laughs> water sucks it really really sucks. i would not want to mess with the water boy outside of I that, love that movie, man so who rips out i can't even remember it's been so long since the eyeball like i just i am i'm like forever disturbed by the eyeball scene from any from, given every, sunday. from any given sunday was yeah. it lt no. yeah i think it was i was gonna say it's yeah, gotta be lt mm-hmm. <laughs> art, yeah, it's, it's, art, yeah, art imitating life so anyone who's ever seen that hint on Joe Theismann knows he is, he's, he was nasty, man. He was straight up nasty on that football field. So cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that's going to do it for another episode of Dislife Podcast. As always, we want to say thank you to all the listeners out there for making our show a part of your Disney lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Don't forget, though, subscribe. Check out our incredible radio shows. We have six days of amazing podcasts. Tomorrow is the premiere of Mom Street USA. Woo! Woo! Jackie and Kate are joining us here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Make sure you download that show. Give them some support. We are so lucky to have them joining us here on our radio network. Uh, Brian, have an amazing week, dude. Uh, I will touch base with you at some point this week. And as for everyone else... Have a great week, and we hope the rest of this week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. We'll see you real soon. Bye, Brian. See you, Mark. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Dislife Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.